This is going to be a great episode. We are going to look back at 2021 and some momentous things that happened, obviously not just in our personal life, but in the world at large, because that's what matters to you guys. And we're also going to take a look into our crystal ball at 2022. I think that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Welcome. And I'd like to say a quick shout out and a hello to my partner in life and co-host on the show, Glenn Tate. Well, hello. This is going to be a great episode. We are going to look back at 2021 and some momentous things that happened, obviously not just in our personal life, but in the world at large, because that's what matters to you guys. And we're also going to take a look into our crystal ball at 2022. I think that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Wonderful. So I want to just point out that we did not start out 2021 on a good note. No. And ha- why not, Glenn? Oh, got a little cancer. Well, no, let's go back to January 1st. Oh, let's go back even farther. Yes, we January 1st. messed up January yes. 1st. Here's the thing. Um, I have a tradition of eating black-eyed peas. It's a Southern thing. It's the first thing you eat in the new year. You can either uh, have them at midnight if you can stay up that late, but if you're old like me, you can't. We have them at 7.30 p.m. Uh, yeah, well, no. We, uh, we don't have them then. We have them either I set my alarm clock for okay. midnight and eat them then, or the first thing in the morning, the first thing you eat in the new year needs to be black-eyed peas. The reason for that is the Southern lore is that if you eat black-eyed peas as your first meal in a new year, you won't have to eat them any time in the rest of the year because you'll be uh, well off enough to not have to eat those nasty, bitter, disgusting beans. And so... Last, well, I shouldn't say last year, technically this year, January of 2021, I could not find black eyed peas. So I did not eat black eyed peas. And well, and let me give a little bit of the setting. We were visiting Montana at the time and we couldn't, you know, and where we live in Montana, then visiting extreme either. Couldn't find a whole lot of one grocery stores open and two any that had black eyed peas. So it was it was sparse. Yeah. And so we had uh, we had a horrible year in 2021. I'm just saying it was the one year that I didn't eat black eyed peas. And it's uh, been the worst year of my life and probably Shelby's, too. Well, clearly it's the black eyed. Clearly it's the black eyed. That's the issue. So everyone, you're hearing this hopefully before January 1st. Yes. We're, te- we're telling you these things so you can prepare. <laughs> Go get a can of black eyed peas. You'll find them in the supermarket with the beans. And here's the thing. There will be dust on the can because nobody in their right mind would eat black eyed peas any other time of the year. I swear they just stock them for the last week of December. And you can go and, and, and talk to the clerk, too, ringing you up. It'd be like, have you noticed a lot of people buying black-eyed peas? And if you're not in the South, they'll be like, yeah, it's really weird. And then you explain that it's the thing. I learned this from my Oklahoma relatives, mm-hmm. and uh, it served me well. And when I didn't do it, it didn't serve me well. So there you go, folks. Black-eyed peas, New Year's tradition. You should make it part of your tradition. By the way, in the morning or at midnight or whenever you eat your black-eyed peas, I just open up the can and eat a spoonful and throw the rest away because they're absolutely disgusting. (laughs) And I'm not going to, like, cook black-eyed peas. No. No. That'd be crazy. And I'm not going to cook them either. No. So if you're not going to and I'm not going to, it's up to the dogs and cats to cook the black-eyed peas. And I'm guessing that's not going to happen. So the next part of our year, our year personally, and we know this, we're not going to go over this over and over again, that made 2021 for us personally a dumpster fire. There was the diagnosis of Glenn's cancer at the beginning of February 2021. There was the subsequent every two week chemo treatment to prevent it from coming back again. Yes. There was the relocation that we that we chose to do while you were on chemo and slowly losing your strength. There was 
our whole family getting hit by COVID in October, you and you getting hit the hardest and going on a ventilator. And by the grace of God and his mercy and a whole lot of prayers, you came back to us and you're here. And for that, we are forever indebted to the prayers of the Prepping 2.0 community and God. And yeah. then, um, so those are the personal things. Yeah, that, we don't want to dwell on no. those because you all have heard about them. We have an incredibly loyal audience. And if you're listening to this episode, the odds are very good that you've listened to all the other episodes where we've covered that. So we just wanted to mention right off the bat, first of all, the the importance of black eyed peas right, and dogs and cats cooking them potentially. In a year in the review of our personal dumps, dumpster fire yeah. experience. And yeah. from what we can tell from just looking at Facebook feeds, a lot of you have had dumpster fires in 2021. Shelby and I have marveled in a bad way. We've been horrified, I guess would be the word, mm-hmm. at all the announcements of people losing people, uh, a lot, a of, lot death. of death, a lot of death. And I don't remember Facebook having so many death announcements. And uh, I think a lot of people have died this year. It's been a horrible, especially yeah. in the winter part of 2021. It's been terrible. But hey, that's that's enough of the personal dumpster yeah. fire. We're going to leave 2021 behind us and look forward well, actually, we're going to oh, no, do more on this yep. year in review. We're going to talk about stuff that happened in 2021 and as it relates to prepping, which is why you listen to the show, right. by the way. This isn't the Glenn Tate Health Hour. I mean, you know, as interesting as that is to me, it may not be interesting to everybody it's really else. It's not interesting, never mind. No. Oh, not even to you? So one of the big trends we've seen, and it's not just because it involves us, One of the really big trends in 2021 was the divide growing, the divide in this country between red states and blue states. We talk about it all the time, but it's fundamental. I think it's the root of the collapse and what's going to happen and what you need to prepare for. I think there's a geographic component to it. If you're you're caught in enemy territory, you've got a huge problem because you're outnumbered. And the bad guys control the police and the military in the blue states. And that is a problem for you. Or conversely, you can be in red states where people are a lot like you. People are not as dependent and needy. And they're not going to try to steal as much from everybody like you. And also, in general, the police and the military stationed in red states are probably going to be more freedom associated. Well, and one way that I saw that very accentuated was when we went to the Panhandle Preparedness Mm -hmm. Expo at the beginning of October. Just to highlight one of the lessons I learned there, more this year than any other year that we had participated in that, fans and uh, participants, attendees came up to us and told us one of three things. They had either moved, they were in the process of moving, or they had a plan to move. The theme du jour of the Panhandle Preparedness Expo and the conversations we had with people, they were moving just like we just moved and for all the very same reasons. So that just made us feel better about our plans to do the same thing. And then you see it in the headlines. There was just a, I just posted a few days ago on my, in my social media, how a Breitbart article stating the very same thing. Red states are getting redder, blue states are getting bluer, and uh, conservatives are moving to red states in droves. It was very interesting, that Breitbart piece, and uh, we put it up on our Facebook pages. By the way, it's a great place to get information. I know Facebook is fascist book and the enemy and all of that other stuff. I get that. But we're going to use the enemy's um, tools to get our word out while we can, until we can. We'll be talking about the rise of the parallel economy. There's going to be a substitute for Facebook very soon here. And But back to the Breitbart story, they, they looked at U.S. Census Bureau da- data. So this is not, you know, a guy talking to somebody at a truck stop and like based on one anecdotal story, extrapolating out and coming up with these grand conclusions. They had hard numbers of how many tens of, well, hundreds of thousands of people had left specific blue states and then how many hundreds of thousands of people um, the red states had gained. And they were roughly the same numbers. It's pretty clear 
Uh, New York, I want to say, lost 400,000 people off the top of my head. California, 380,000. Um, Illinois, 150,000. And then Texas and Florida picked up like 400,000 and 380,000 and 150,000. And so it was pretty clearly um, a transfer of people from blue states to red states. In addition to that article, we can also see that when we saw congressional seats get moved around at the beginning of 2021, you saw, I believe, New York, you can correct me on this, Glenn, California, lost congressional seats due to population and red states. I know Montana, we know because we live here, gained congressional seats based on population. Yeah, 100% increase in uh, congressional seats in Montana. We used to have one and now we have two. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a big deal. Texas gained a couple seats. I think Florida gained a couple seats. You can see the pattern. There's no denying that there's an exodus from blue states to red states and you just have to ask yourself why people want to live in a better place. Um, the COVID lockdowns are a big factor. Taxes, just the tyranny. You know, there are quite a few conservatives still trapped in blue states. And one by one, when there's situations in life change, maybe they reach the retirement age and they can then live wherever they want and not have to work in a blue state or family situations change. You know, maybe you hate to be, you know, gross about it, but maybe grandma dies and you were taking care of grandma. So little by little, people who can, conservatives and even non-political people, people who just want a better life are leaving the blue states for the red states pretty dramatically. Well, and again, year in review here, let's go back to September and October when many, many workers, whether it be in the healthcare industry, the military or the public sector, were being forced to get a medical treatment (laughs) that they didn't want. And so that forced their hand. Many of those people left their jobs and maybe they had a two or three year plan to move out, but were just kind of writing it out till retirement. That sped up their timeline. I would venture to say there are many people in that. And we have friends amongst that that were among that. Should I take the jab or should I do an early retirement and do it now? So I think that helped speed things along for some people. It forced the hands of a lot of people and got them out of their comfort zones. And and Shelby and I are never going to be on people or make fun of them or be critical of people who have a couple more years before they vest to their pensions or they're taking, they're doing the right thing and taking care of uh, a parent or a grandparent. Uh, maybe they have special needs kids. I mean, the, the people have good reasons. Yeah. Most people have good reasons for staying behind in blue states. We're just here to motivate and encourage people who are still in blue states to really, really think about what all is at stake and inform them about what's at Mm -hmm. stake. And we're going to be talking about that when we talk about 2022, a look ahead and give people our, our view of the landscape of what it's going to be like in blue states and hopefully motivate people to get past the obstacles that are keeping them in blue states. Well, and I, and I know for those folks who at least that we talked to at the Panhandle Preparedness Expo that had that two, three, five year plan, there, it, it that five-year plan seems like forever. They want to be out of the blue state that they're in. Their yearning is to get there sooner rather than later. They just have a tie that's keeping them, that, and they're just ticking off time. And what really encouraged me as well was they're planning now for that five-year plan. Yeah. They're not just, okay, in five years we're going to, Start, start this process. No, they've started the process. They just need to wait out some time before they they pack up the U-Haul and go. Yeah. And that's a really good point because it takes a lot of planning to do this. Um, we won't go into all the details because we're trying to not make this the Glenn and Shelby's life hour. Uh, but yeah, no, and it's good that they're doing things. So the divide grows and the exodus. Another year in review trend that I... I find very, very important, and it relates to relocating and the exodus and the divide growing, is the fact that red state governors and attorneys general are standing up to the federal government in some pretty 
solid ways as far as politicians go. Um, filing lawsuits, um, passing legislation that nullifies federal laws uh, doesn't actually mean the federal laws don't exist anymore. It just means they won't be enforced in a particular state. I mean, I was doing a interview with a guy from Missouri on one of our video bonus shows, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $5 and up level. And he made the point that Missouri, and this is true of several other states, is a Second Amendment sanctuary state where the state law is that state and local law enforcement will not assist the federal government in enforcing any new gun laws. And this is really big. This is a, I've been waiting for this politically. I've been waiting for this for quite some time because, you know, the federal system that we have with the states having not as much power as they used to have, but having a significant amount of power, it is a very real check on uh, tyranny by the federal government. And it's, it's not the be all and end all. It's not a silver bullet, but it is on the margins, pretty doggone effective. And the fact here, here's the political fact in my mind, the fact that governors and attorneys general find it politically popular because that's really what they care about it at heart. I mean, there may be some patriots mixed in there, but a lot of them are looking at the polling and seeing what's popular. But that's the point. Standing up to the federal government is popular in red states. That is a huge shift. That is a really big deal. That means that whether it's from the exodus or from people that have lived in red states for quite some time getting activated, I think the 2020 theft of the elections really got folks energized and and re made them realize what the stakes are and and to see this kind of activism for lack of a better term is really really heartening well and let's look at the antithesis if if that actually applies to this we're seeing the red states uh solidify and to co coalesce together and making these um these laws then flip yourself around and look at what the blue states oh, yeah. are doing. We have just, it's off the top of my head because it was just declared a few days ago. Governor Kate Brown out of Oregon just declared the state of emergency because of Omicron that um, she will continue the, the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates that she started um, at the beginning of COVID and it will continue through June of 2022. And which means it'll just, get carried on and carried on. Um, we are seeing uh, in the state of California, Governor Newsom has just declared anyone out in public um, needs to be wearing a mask, both inside and outside, no matter if they're vaccinated or not. You cannot go into a restaurant without a mask, vaccinated or not. I know, uh, I'm not sure, but something similar in Washington state. I know in New York, this these blue states in antithesis in mm -hmm. Are, are lock, stock, and barrel with our federal government and continuing the mandates and continuing the tyranny. And so as a prepper, if you're in one of those blue states it, and the economy that goes with a locked down state, it's harder and harder to just be a free citizen. Um, it, and so it's amazing. So that that divide is growing, and you can the see contrast it. The, between exactly. blue and red is is increasing yes. significantly. Absolutely. The other thing we see in 2021 is something everybody's seen who's gone to a grocery store, and that is inflation. Finally, inflation has come, and I don't mean that I I want it to come, but when the Federal Reserve you know, starting. Well, but actually in the Trump administration, when the Federal Reserve started printing as much money as it was printing, um, it it had the inflation had to come. And I couldn't believe that there was such a delay between the creation of all this made up phony baloney money and inflation. But it's it's really hit. Um, the real inflation rate is probably about 15 percent. This hokum about six or seven percent that the Federal Reserve admits is all based on their new way of counting inflation, which in and of, which would be a one hour episode in and of itself, which I'm not going to bore you well, with and the we details. Did one on inflation in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. That, you did most of the talking on that. It's awesome. Yeah. And so it's, it's hitting people and they're figuring it out. A lot of people that don't like politics because they think it's like football where you got, you know, the red team and the blue team 
and who really cares because it doesn't affect me. Um, good friends of ours, they used to spend $120 a week on groceries. Now it's 270 and rising. And that's something people notice. And I was talking about the, the population figuring it out and getting active and getting mad. Um, you know, $17 a pound for basic cuts of beef is, is got people really, really mad. And kind of where the two issues collide, here's a good example, talking about both red governors and inflation. At the end of August, Montana's governor, Greg Ginaforte, came out and said, um, to help combat, essentially, I'm going to summarize here, to combat the federal government's purposeful inflation, we will never, ever lock down again. We must keep Montana's economy flowing. We must keep people working. We must keep businesses open. That is the only way Montana can stay afloat in response to the inflation. Yeah. And that's shocking. And if you would have told me that a year ago, that a governor would be saying that and would be widely popular for doing so, yes, I would have said, number one, I can't imagine inflation actively hitting people and making them feel it such that it makes political sense for a governor to make a statement like that. And and nobody said, wow, that guy's crazy. Everyone was like, yeah, I mean, that, thank that goodness. makes sense. Yeah, thank, thank goodness. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, there are all kinds of interesting poll numbers um, out there. Uh, Joe Biden has got a lower poll rating on the economy than Jimmy Carter. I'm in my early 50s and I remember the Jimmy Carter era. I was a kid, but I was a very political little kid in the first grade, by the way. I tried to talk my first grade teacher into letting me stay home from school so I could watch the Watergate hearings. That's what a complete political nerd. I just wanted to watch The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Watergate hearings were kind of yeah, The Wizard kind of, of the Oz. Same. Look behind that curtain there, kids. That's right. So we have, um, real quick, I want to talk about this one before we take our break, supply chain issues. Everyone is experiencing that all over the country, and we've talked about that a lot on our show. Dan, the food industry guy, has talked to us about that and how deep that is and how there's no clear way out of that, and we will be seeing the repercussions of that for years to come to make up for what we have lost in just the last 18 months. I do want to say we have about another minute before you have to take a break. We want to give you our a list of our wonderful sponsors that sponsor us here at Prepping 2.0. I encourage you to go check them out on our website at prepping2-0.com. There's some really great coupon codes there, so I encourage you to look. There's U.S. Law Shield, Katie Armour, Battle Box, My Kind CBD, Numana Foods, EMP Shield. For our great Red State Realtors out there, you can find them at redstate-realtors.com. Check out in Montana, Jared Savick, and in Tennessee, Lizzie McDaniel. Folks, we're going to come back on the other side, and we're done talking about the doom and gloom of 2021. We're going to look Talk ahead. about the doom and gloom of 2022. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. 
PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher here. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about what to look forward to if there is anything <laughs> in 2022, but I wanted to tell you a quick little story. This morning on a cold, cold Montana day, just like I do every morning, I walk downstairs in, in a little bit cold and shivery, and I get a nice, big, warm hug. And sadly, it's not from Glenn because he's cold and shivery too. Boo-hoo. It's from a big, nice, warm mug of Minuteman coffee, my favorite, favorite coffee. Uh, of course, I'm partial to the I Miss America blend, who they are exclusive roasters of. I encourage you to check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com. Use the coupon code I Miss America, and you too can get a nice warm hug every morning. And you know, a great thing to do when you're drinking your delicious mug of Minutemen coffee is to peruse the latest edition of Backwoods Home Magazine, which is a prepping and homesteading magazine that we subscribe to. I have a copy of it right here. You can hear the pages rustling. And I wanted to let you know what is in the current edition because it'll give you an overview of the kinds of things that this magazine covers. And I think you'll see some pretty interesting stuff. Um, Backyard maple syrup production, Uh, A Lesson in Winter Survival, which is a story about uh, something going wrong in in wintertime and somebody surviving. Installing a wood stove, building a fireproof hearth pad, rabbit hunting, um, oral anti-COVID drugs, that's something we talk about, hunting knives, spice things up in the kitchen, and the simple magic of electricity, which is an interesting piece focusing on how much we rely on electricity. So you can see there's a wide variety of topics that um, are of interest. And there are probably some topics that you never thought of. And then you read this and you go, oh, geez, this makes sense. This is kind of interesting. So the coupon code, we're going to ask you to go to our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on the 
the tab or the page friends and affiliates and you'll see the coupon code there to get a special prepping 2.0 listener discount for backwood home magazine so i wanted to start this segment off with a note that a personal friend of mine she and i've been friends for gosh 15 years or so she recently moved to a red state and I think all of us who have moved from a blue to a red state to kind of wrap that up with a nice little note can relate to what she says. And I'm going to cut some parts out so that she can remain anonymous. She says to me, so how long did your decompression period last? Like I thought I was handling the stress and anxiety well in Oregon, keeping all the balls in the air, trying to shield my son from it and keeping everything as quote normal as possible. Now, let me jump in here. Oregon has been on lockdowns of some sort or another for the last 18 months, mask mandates nonstop. So she's trying to shield her her son from all of that during some formative years. So back to her note, but the darkness, it was everywhere. And I can see it even more clearly now that we are in a red state, the hopelessness in each face, the lack of connection, both physically and emotionally. It's like PTSD. I'm still waiting to hear on my religious accommodation from my work. All it does is buy me time. It would be until April 8th, and then I don't know what happens after that. If they deny it, then I get fired January 15th. Well, they call it voluntary resignation, which it is not, and that is not how it will be reflected in my personnel file. And she goes on to talk about how she has retained an attorney. I literally cried the first day of school for my son. All the kids in a red state, in a red state, all the kids running around, playing, laughing, hugging. In other words, they're not 12 feet apart with a mask on and using hand sanitizer every 30 seconds. She goes on to say the joy was palatable military flags hanging from the ceiling down the wall. One wall display where they acknowledge veterans, both past and present of the kids and employees. And right after announcements, they all stood and said the Pledge of Allegiance as it should be. So let that be kind of your, if you're still in a blue state, we've talked about it, we understand why. Let that be your inspiration, your aspiration. Yeah, and when Shelby read that to me uh, before we came on the air, it really struck me, the part about the darkness. And I looked back at what Washington State felt like, and I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, and I was surrounded by it, so I didn't notice it. There's a darkness. We're not talking about Satan. We're talking about just despair and gloom and just waiting for things to go back to normal, but knowing they're not going to go back to normal because you live in a state where the Democrats control everything and they have a particular vision for how your life is supposed to be lived. And it's not your vision. And and, And there's a darkness, maybe hopelessness. There's a better word, but you can really tell once you're out of a blue state. And um, we are thankful every single day that we're in a red state. And we know exactly what she's talking about. We went through the same thing when we got got to a red state as well. So, but let's talk about 2022. I think we both agree, Glenn. We're not going back to 2018. No. No, 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 no. No. uh, This is just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Sorry, it is because there's no magic button there's no you know stop button there's no uh there's no trajectory to take us to a different direction the direction is we're going to continue the collapse so we started off the first segment talking about 2021 and telling you what we personally are doing but not dwelling on it Mm -hmm. and so we'll do the same here what we're doing for preps is unpacking uh, we we're in a rental house now and we have all of our stuff in tubs and boxes and we're going to be moving into our permanent house here very soon. And we're going to be unpacking what we've already accumulated. Obviously, skills are important, too. And those are things you don't lose. And we still have our skills. But as far as stuff goes, we're going to be unpacking. We do not have and this is very anticlimactic. We feel like we're. um we should be role models and and encourage people to prep by telling you all the stuff we're doing. Yeah, we're raising goats and we're growing potatoes in our yard and stuff. And uh, no, we're not doing any of that. We're not taking on any major new preps. We're going to, as I say, unpack and organize 
the the preps we already have. And the the flip side of that is the good the good way of looking at it is the positive way. We have a bunch of stuff. And it's just a matter of unpacking and organizing it. So at least we have the stuff. Well, and one thing I think we realized, and we talked about this on another podcast, you realize when you have to pick up all your preps and move them and you put eyes on them for a little bit and you see what you have, we know. You carry them around and and each tub weighs 100 pounds. Right. Especially our, our food preps. We're pretty set. We have enough food to last us X amount of time. And we do have a plan once we get in and settled to make it so that our land will provide us food. And that will be something that we will definitely talk about when that time comes. Between now and summer, it's a matter of moving over to the new house and uh, and organizing everything. And then we'll start talking about that. But in terms of buying food, or we're not going to do that. Yeah. And we, we have a, a pretty legit uh, chicken coop for a whole bunch of chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, the greenhouse will be uh, arriving soon. And so it's not like we're um, dining on DoorDash or Uber no. Eats or something like that. It's not like we've stopped prepping. You know, this brings up a really good point. There is an end point in prepping. If if And I don't think this is something that affects most of the people listening. Right. But you can go crazy and you can keep buying food. Food and ammunition and guns seem to be the things that people overdo it on. You have to be realistic. For example, the um, the shop or shed, it goes by two different names, that we are having built to store all of our stuff cost 10 times more than the stuff that's inside of it. Now, you need to have the stuff inside of it because it's not a money situation. It's an availability situation. Mm-hmm. And you have to have it when say I-90 gets closed down and Montana can't get resupplied at least for a while. Which is actually happening right now with snowstorms. With snowstorms, but yes. So uh, I wanted to to mention the mental health and I'm not, I'm not be, trying to be funny here because it's pretty serious. You know, you can overdo it. And if we kept going and going and going and there were just number 10 tins of chili littering the driveway, that's not healthy either. Yeah. And it's, it's something that you need to keep keep a check on yourself uh, as you go through this because it's easy to get scared and it feels really good to buy a case of chili. I get it. And it should feel good because you are more prepared than other people, but there are limits to it. And, and, you know, what are we going to do? Spend another tens of thousands of dollars on a second shed to store more stuff that we can't possibly even even with uh, some some friends joining us, we couldn't possibly eat all this food. And of course, we have plenty to hand out for charity and all of that other stuff. And that's where we get to. That's where the words that I've said all along in prepping 2.0 come in. You cannot store away enough food to last you for the rest of your life. It's impossible. You would need to have huge storehouses to do that. Now, there's the gazillionaires out there that do it, and we hear their stories every now and then, but that's not practical for most people. For us, I think storing enough food to last you and your tribe for a year to year and a half is probably the max you're going to get because most people need a lot of space to do that. And at that point, you need to ask yourself, I need to now figure out a way to produce food on my property. And that's where the next step of chickens, greenhouses, gardening, et cetera, et cetera, come in. And we'll be doing videos on that. We'll be like what I A lot more videos coming, a lot more VBSs on hands-on stuff as we we build out uh, and, and, and unpack our property. And I think you guys are going to be really, really interested in the videos when you see some of the stuff that we're going to be doing. And another thing I want to mention, we've been talking about food. I've alluded to guns and ammunition. Um, That's another thing that I see, especially guys going a little crazy on. So remember guys, you know, you can only, you can only fire so many AR-15s at once. Another thing, and Shelby was mentioning growing your own food, which is obviously hugely important. Another part of all of this is barter and tribe. And if you've got a network of people and that takes time and energy, we've talked a lot about the summer barbecues at our Washington place where it was basically soft recruiting. Uh, And uh, 
getting to know people, and then, of course, having gold and silver for barter or whatever else you may have for barter. Those are other ways to obtain things that you you may not be able to grow yourself. For example, I mean, growing a cow isn't in the cards right now. It probably will be later when we get some improvements done that we'll be talking about. But it's not it's not 100% practical now, but knowing people who have cows and having something that they need, whether it's providing security or gold or silver or whatever it may be, there are other ways to skin this cat other than yep. f- uh, personally growing your own food. But you need to have a plan for obtaining the food, whatever avenue that takes. You need to have a plan for it, but just understand that Shelby is so right. When she said it the first time, I remember a light bulb went off in my head. You can't store enough food to take care of you, let alone you and your family, let alone you, your family and a tribe. You simply can't store enough canned chili for that. So while we're taking a break from new preps now, because we have other things to do, they're still prepping related. Well, and what's on the horizon is what you just said. Mm -hmm. We are building out the property so that we can create sustainable food on our property. And we're not expecting to do it in a day. No, no. Yeah, we've got a timeline and uh, there's cash flow that's an issue too. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the other things we wanted to talk about in 2022, looking ahead, and we've already seen this in the last couple of years, we're going to see it more and more prepping, becoming more mainstream. You're seeing it more and more being brought out in mainstream media and just everywhere. And it used to be like, you're crazy to do that. Just go to the grocery store and buy some lettuce. It doesn't matter. No, now that people are seeing firsthand what is happening in our supply chain and that it's not going away. We all saw it kind of shockingly at the beginning of COVID when we had whole shelves empty. Now it's not going away. It's continuing and there's no end in sight. And you have our current administration kind of poo-pooing it aside and not taking it seriously. People are starting to prep and taking it seriously. And one of the sources, if I were a lawyer, I kind of am, but I would say my citation to authority on that is no less than Vice TV. Vice TV is a predominantly left-wing, I mean, millennial, so it's kind of naturally a little bit left-wing um, documentary channel on right. Showtime. By the way, they did a documentary about prepping, and we uh, are featured rather prominently in it. It's currently... Uh, exclusively on Showtime, the episode is, and at some point after a few months, they put it on YouTube. And once we have a link to the free version, we will let you guys know. But one of the things that they, the the Vice TV narrator says, and he's no right wing conservative by any means, cool guy. I mean, he's an open minded guy. So I mean, people on the left, as long as they're not haters, I get along with them really, really well. But anyway, he said. Prepping is now mainstream. That was the introductory sentence he used when he started setting the table for the setting, which was the Panhandle Preparedness Expo. And so I want to let you know when Vice TV says prepping is mainstream, you should you should take that pretty seriously. And in our off-camera conversations, which were, if you ever see that episode, 99% there was so much that wasn't <laughs> spoken that that we were interviewed and none of it made the air. By the time we said goodbye to the crew, they were converted. I'm convinced mm-hmm. of it. They had be, they in their mind they realized that they need to put some things away. So it's going to become a more and more mainstream. The other thing, and we've hinted at this over the last year, but more and more the rise of the parallel economy. We did a show. I can't remember if it was at the end of twenty. 20 or the beginning of 2021 and it might have even been a mini show where we talked about if for some reason we get deplatform on mainstream social media pages we have created secondary sites and those are all on our prepping2-0.com website so if for some reason twitter i we don't have a twitter account but uh facebook or youtube shuts us down we have alternative places where folks can find us. But it's going to be more than that in 2022. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be more than a parallel set of social media sites. By the way, President Trump, who is currently the president of the United States, he's just not in office, 
Um, but anyway, he uh, he's coming up with his own social media site. I think it's called Truth, and that's going to be a big deal. But we're seeing this in the banking world. We're seeing credit card pr- payment processors that are, and I say conservative, they're not actually conservative. They just don't discriminate based on your viewpoint. So if that means you're a conservative, uh, okay. But it's not like it's the John Birch Society's, you know, credit card payment processing system. It's just that they're not going to treat you like some of the major banks that, you know, will not have gun stores. They will not run credit cards or debit cards for gun stores and things like that. So it's much bigger than that. Um, we're seeing a parallel Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Um, there are all kinds of really good. Um, and Hollywood is a, a skeleton of what it was five oh, yeah. years ago. Yes. Oh, yeah. So due to natural attrition um, and the COVID in the theaters being a big thing, also just Hollywood producing all this garbage, these reruns that nobody wants to watch. And nobody wants to be preached at about politics, you know, in the setting of a movie about like, I don't know, race cars. Um, and then so there's a parallel uh, entertainment industry that's rising. Some pretty good stuff coming out of the non Hollywood Hollywood, I'll call it. And it's not just uh, Christian movies and everything else. They're just there's a market for movies in which, for example, masculinity is not um, made fun of and not, you know, uh, down talked. And anyway, so there's that. And then there's um, all kinds of products and stores that cater to I'm going to again say conservatives, but I don't think it's limited to conservatives, but they just they don't discriminate. And here in Montana and we're seeing this elsewhere, I think a lot more in red states than blue states, the buy local movement. We go out of our way to buy local. I mean, I, I got a mortgage from a local bank that actually cost me a little bit more, but uh, I could work with local people. And I feel that uh, supporting the local folks is the way to go. And you really get you really get that infused into you when you're in a place like Montana. Well, and you see that we've talked about it a little bit, but it's so true. And we're going to see it more in 2022. The parallel economy when it comes to health care. Oh, yeah. We started out this year with you not getting you because you not getting a preventative procedure because Washington's governor decided to flip out and, and cancel preventative procedures because COVID. Oh my gosh, because COVID. Um, we came to find out later that a local hospital was doing that procedure. And you could have, had we known, we would have, we could have circumvented that and prevented a whole lot of heartache. Um, at the end of your your run with cancer, again, procedures were shut down again in the state of Washington. And so what's happening is, is people are doing a couple of things. One, they're doing what we are and going to other states and getting procedures done. We've seen that kind of cross-pollination happening across the Washington and Idaho border, people going over to Idaho to get procedures because they're not being done in Washington state. That's been reported on. The other thing is the whole COVID thing. There are tried and true scientifically proven methods for helping and, and um, helping people recover and survive COVID that are, is not being practiced in our hospitals that are Medicaid funded. I'm going to leave that at that. And so you are seeing a parallel and you're seeing people fight and going to court so that to force a hospital to provide an alternative form of medication for their loved one that's suffering from COVID in a hospital. We're going to see that more and more. We know from your experience being hospitalized, and it was said anecdotally to you, but basically, yeah, people who are unvaccinated are kind of treated like secondhand citizens. You were told that. Yeah, I was told that by a nurse. So that's, I think that's, that with all of and we're going to talk that's our next topic is the kind of the the division that COVID has created you will see that more and more has the as we're dividing our country not just amongst the vax the unvax the 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 you know the positive and the negatives um the we're going to see that more and more so I don't know what that looks like but it's not going to stop exactly and the other thing we have a, about three more minutes in this segment and then we'll go in the after show 
And that's, of course, for our Patreon supporters. And it's where we finish out our thoughts and we cover some pretty cool topics. Um, Political instability as a general thing in 2022, we see as growing. First of all, Biden's poll numbers are very, very low. And what that leads to is desperation. Mm. It's sort of like in football when you're down a couple touchdowns, you take the, you go for it on fourth down. You get, you take more risk when, you know, you're, you're losing. And, and you're careless. And you're, and you're demented and you have Alzheimer's disease. That, that doesn't help either. And, and so. And, and you're careless. You yeah. take chances that you normally wouldn't and that you, that wisdom says not to take. And that, what that means in this political context would be, Biden doing more and more left-wing nonsense, stuff that you wouldn't do if the political economy were functioning and popular opinion actually mattered. He knows, well, I don't know that he knows, his advisors know that he's very, very unpopular and it's not like he can do anything to win over people at this point. And so he's going to become more and more reckless and his administration will be. And that affects us because it's going to it's going to affect absolutely everything. And then I also see in 2022, the Democrats who still control the House, and it's, of course, kind of a tie in the Senate, um, the Democrats running through really unpopular laws on their way out to then make the Republicans, when they inevitably take the House in 2022 and probably the Senate, um, repeal things. And then, of course, in 2022, we're going to have election shenanigans. I don't know if it'll be the same scale as 2020 because... Oh, I think it will be. Because, well, the reason it may not be is not because the blue state uh, city machines have decided to play by the rules. It's because the stakes are lower. The presidency is the big prize. And you're going to pull out all the stops for the presidency. If it, there, there will be shenanigans... There will be obvious shenanigans in blue states, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter because, you know, blue states, if if they have seven out of nine members of Congress or Democrats versus eight out of nine, who really cares? It doesn't affect things in a major way as long as Republicans control the House. So I wanted to, uh, as we go out of, of the regular show, I wanted to let you know some of the topics in the after show. We're going to talk about more COVID variants. We're going to talk about the marginalization of the unvaxxed, more heavy handedness on COVID with the government just being desperate and being more and more heavy handed, backlash against COVID measures, something we call COVID fatigue and a possible war with Russia and or China. So Shelby, take us out with your famous quote. Folks from Benjamin Franklin, don't forget, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.